Hello and welcome to Habemus Papam, episode 122, John the 10th. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. Hey everyone, today's Pope John was born in Tosingano, a small town south of Bologna in northern Italy. We don't really know much about his upbringing, but we do know that he was a deacon in Bologna, and then he was elected the Archbishop of Ravenna in 905. Liputrand of Cremona, whom we've, as we've seen in the past, has been quite polemical and not particularly accurate, claims he got this position through an illicit affair with Theodora, the wife of Theophylact, the leading political leader in Rome at the time. But I think we can safely say that this is probably just some sort of way to, to cast aspersions at, towards him. John was sent frequently to Rome on missions from his bishop, and during that time, apparently, he caught the eye of Theodora. The supposed affair seems not to be true, but what does seem to be the case is that John was a part of the Theophylact circle, and that was how he got promoted to Ravenna, in part because of their influence. In April of 914, at the death of Pope Lando, John was elected Bishop of Rome, again primarily due to the influence of Theodora and Theophylact. If you remember the past couple of episodes, the controversy surrounding Formosus hinged on the fact that it was against canon law to transfer a bishop from diocese to diocese. However, as we have seen, this has been happening a lot more and more. And since Theophylact was in charge in Rome and John was his guy, it wasn't a problem. The first major issue we will have to deal with is the Saracens, who have been really wrecking havoc in central Italy for the last 50 years or so. But the Italians now had a couple of things going for them. There were a league of princes in southern Italy, led by Atanulf of Capua, and they had been working on teaming up against the Saracens for about a decade now. Atanulf had gotten in touch with the Byzantines in Constantinople, who at this point were growing in their influence and power in southern Italy, and who wanted to kind of reestablish a political presence in Italy. And so they agreed to help this League of Christian Princes in the fight. By 915, most of the Italian principalities, including Berenger, king of northern Italy, who we met before, had contributed soldiers, and the army, which was now camped on the banks of the Garolino River in central Italy, was ready to go. Pope John X personally led a detachment of soldiers from Rome and Spoleto to add to the force, and they attacked the Saracen camp laying siege to it for three months. The Saracens, low on supplies, tried to flee to Sicily, which was still 100% under Muslim control, but they were defeated utterly by the armies of Italy. And while the Saracens still held on to Sicily, they were going to cease to be a real threat in the Italian peninsula from now on. The battle was a big deal, and as a reward, Pope John X crowned Berenger I as Holy Roman Emperor, hoping that his strength would continue to keep Rome safe. But unfortunately, Berenger is not going to last. He angered his nobles, who, if you remember, no one really liked Berenger, and they angered him for the last time, and so they rebelled against him. And they left Berenger to turn to the invading Hungarians to help him defend his crown. But this just made everyone more mad, because everyone hates the Hungarians more than they hate Berenger since they had invaded northern Italy about 10 years ago. And so eventually Berenger was just assassinated. More on that later. First, though, a brief little interlude. I didn't mention it before, but we have been facing a minor schism with the Eastern Church since the time of Pope Sergius. The Byzantine Emperor Leo VI, the Wise, had married four times. Lots of background I won't go into, some of the legitimate, some others not so much, but... He was on his fourth wife, which was beyond the pale in Eastern Church discipline. And he wanted his fourth marriage to be recognized by the Church by the patriarch Nicholas the Mystic, but he refused. 
Leo had written to Pope Sergius, who said, sure, get married a fourth time, doesn't really matter that much, and he sent a legate to perform the wedding. And this, of course, got everyone upset. Nicholas was deposed, there was a minor schism with Rome, which occurred with the Byzantine clergy, and in 912, Leo died. And in 920, Nicholas was reinstated and held a council to reconcile everyone. He wrote to Pope John asking for reconciliation, and in 923, John sent legates to Constantinople to reestablish relations with the East. Another dispute, in 928, we had a little problem at Cluny that Pope John helped to settle. If you remember from previous episodes, the saintly abbot, St. Berno of Cluny, helped to found this reforming Benedictine monastery, and he had died, and the abbey was left in the hands of St. Odo of Cluny, whom we will meet more in a later episode. St. Odo was opposed by another monk named Widow, who tried to take power by force, and so Pope John heard about the dispute in 928, and he settled it in favor of St. Odo, who will continue incredible reforming movement that was already underway in Cluny. So even though things look bad, the seeds of reform are being planted by the Holy Spirit through the lives of these great saints. Now, back to politics. In Rome, if you remember, Theophylact and his wife Theodora were the ones who were really in charge, not the Pope. But as they aged, their power began to pass to their daughter, Merozia, and her husband, Alberic of Spoleto. In 924, Theophylact and Theodora died, as did Alberic, which left Merozia as the true power in Rome. If you remember, she's the one who supposedly had an affair with Pope Sergius III. She had a reputation for being power-hungry and vicious, and as we will see, she's unfortunately going to be in charge for a while now. John was concerned about this influence of Merozia, and he wanted some outside help to try and get the papacy out from under the thumb of the Theophylact, or we would call it the Tusculus family. So he turned to the new king of northern Italy, Hugh of Provence. John had apparently invited Hugh to come to take possession of northern Italy precisely to help combat and offset this growing power of Merozia. It helps to have a friend on your border who is powerful. So Merozia, in the meantime, married one of the political enemies of Pope John, Duke Guy of Tuscany, and she had decided that she had enough of the Pope. So first in June of 928, she sent troops to attack John's brother, Peter, who was murdered in the Lateran Basilica in front of his brother, the Pope. And then the troops took John captive and deposed him, putting him in a dungeon in the Castle San Angelo to live out the rest of his days. Now, we're not sure about Pope John X's death. It seems to have been in 929, and he was either smothered with a pillow by Guy of Tuscany, which is probably the case, or he lived and died of sickness and mistreatment. He was buried, we believe, in the atrium of Saint, the Basilica of St. John Lateran, which he spent some time fixing up during his papacy. And he's going to be succeeded by Pope Leo VI, who was hand-picked by Marozia, but we will save that story for next time. Thanks for listening to Habemus Papam. You can check out the rest of the Catholic Bites podcast at catholicbitespodcast.com or find us on iTunes. Thank you and God bless you.